This is a slaying moment. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Slaying for Me, episode 16. Thank you guys so much for coming back every week. It is so amazing to be able to chat with you guys. I hope you had the opportunity to listen to last week's episode with my mother. It was such a great conversation. It was so heartfelt. And uh, she's asking me every day, like, hey, has everybody listened to the episode? So she definitely wants you guys to tune in as well as I do, um, because I thought it was a great conversation. I would love for you guys to, like, have you had a conversation with your parents and sat down and, like, really spoke? with them about things from your upbringing or questions that you wanted to ask them that you know you didn't get the opportunity to ask them I mean I feel like me and my mom are very open we have an open dialogue we have we're open with our communication but I, I know that a lot of people around me they don't have the courage to have certain conversations still with their parents today and they're grown. So, you know, I encourage people to do that. You know, if it's some conversations that you want to have or some things you just want to know about your parents that you didn't know. Um, I, I think it's always uh, interesting to know what life your parents had before they had you. Um, and you learn so much about them and you learn about them. And then you realize things about them today that you was like, dang, okay, I can see why she is this way because she's been doing this before I got here. <laughs> so um I hope you guys check out the last week's episode for those of you that are um, listening to the episode the podcast for the first time thank you so much for coming to the slay for you slaying for me um table it is um, a great table this is a motivational safe space for everyone so I hope you guys enjoy this episode so I normally go into the week like I do and this past week was really it was it was okay. You know, I had some, some stop and go moments. It's a day to day. Every person that I talk to, I'm like, they like, girl, I'm taking it one day at a time. And I'm definitely doing that too. One day at a time. Sometimes is one moment at a time. Um, but one thing that I wanted to make intentional this week, I was big on intention this week. Like this week was all about intentionally expressing my feelings and not being ashamed to do so you know not being um afraid to tell my truth or repress my feelings because I have a tendency to do that because I am one of those people that like oh I just want everything to be fine I don't like conflict I don't like confrontation like I don't like confrontation and conflict with my, with the people in my family. Now, the people outdoors, I don't care about them. And I don't like confusion outside, but the people outside, I don't got to ever see them again. So I really don't too much. It really doesn't affect me. But people within my household, my friends, you know, um, associates, my workplace, I don't do, I don't like confusion. Confusion causes extra stress on me that I don't like. So, you know, I'm one of those people, like if I'm feeling something, I normally repress myself, my feelings in those situations because I don't want to cause confusion. And I want to make sure that when I address the situation or said thing, I'm coming in a way that it's going to be resolved. It's going to help with resolve. So I've been intentional about making sure that I voice my truth this week. And, um, one thing that I've been intentional about, like before me and my husband got, 
you know, came to Philadelphia and, you know, before life started taking over, we got jobs and all of that, that hoopla. We used to intentionally sit down and have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And now that, you know, things are moving fast, you know, life has taken pace. This was during the pandemic. So before the pandemic, we would have dinner together. Life was busy in New York, but we would make sure we ate, set and ate dinner together. But during the pandemic, we would eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. And now that our lives have gotten busy and things have changed, we've kind of like not ate any of those meals together in the last couple of, in the last five or six months. So I made an intentional decision. I was like, we need to sit down and have at least dinner together. We need to start doing that. We need to start like doing that. Now it's just the first week. We did it a couple of days in this, in this past week, but I'm making an intentional for myself because I feel like intention is something that I've been struggling with being intentional about the things that I say I'm going to do. So I wanted to challenge myself with that one. Intentionally, I'm making the intentional decision that I am going to sit down and have dinner with my husband and we're going to sit down and we're going to converse and we're going to talk about our day. And it's not going to be like you go into one room, I go into the other room when dinner is served. I just don't want to create that energy in our home. So I've been intentional with that. I'm, you know, I wanted to share that because I feel like being intentional with decisions that you make within a household is so important. And my mom made me think about that because she was intentional on the last episode. She spoke about being intentional about, um, making sure that she accomplished her goal to finish school, even though she had a a small child at the time that she had to raise. And she was intentional about making sure that she go to class and she creates a lifestyle for her son um, that she wanted to see him achieve everything that he wanted to achieve. And I think that that was such a powerful statement that she made and it helped me. It motivated me. We don't have children now, but when we do have children, I want us to be able to sit at the table and have dinner together and hear about their day. And it's not like, Hey, we all going to just sit. You go into your one room, you go into another room. No, we're not doing that. We're going to have intentional family time. So um, I would love to hear from you guys and see what you think about that. Are you intentional with family time? I think that's great. So as you guys know, I've been in therapy. I've been going to my therapist and it has been very, it's been a great experience. I've changed. I feel like I've changed kind of like over these last couple of weeks, like overnight, like speaking to someone, speaking to a therapist. Oh, my God. It just really opens up um, a door inside of you that's like, girl, we were waiting for you to come into this door um, and learn so much about yourself. So therapy forces you to look inward. And when I say I said that about the door, because it did, it was like when I spoke to her, it was like doors that were like unlocking and people were in there like girl we've been waiting for you we've been waiting for you to come through the door (laughs) and um you know define who you are and unlock some things within yourself so looking inward is always an easy you know some of those doors that you unlock are not easy some of those doors you've been in before and you had to unlock them again and go back in right so it's not easy but it's necessary and let me talk about this so this is a statement that i've heard throughout my life Why is it necessary looking inward, you know, looking at something or doing something is necessary. Why is it necessary to look inside yourself inward? You know, why is it necessary to do that? And my basic answer would be (laughs) to this question is self-reflection helps 
with self-improvement. So when you when people say it's necessary to look inside yourself, it's helping with your self-improvement. You always want to be improving the perfect person you are. You don't want to be the person you were yesterday, today, because, you know, the day evolves. You experience new things within that day. You see new things. Or even if you see the same thing, you're, you're, you know, your mindset changes. You, you, the stuff that you experienced yesterday, you take it into today and you, it helps you further yourself. But just because it's necessary doesn't mean you want to do it what is necessary, right? So just because it's necessary to look inward to improve yourself doesn't mean that you want to do that at the time, right? It's some stuff, like I said, it's, it sometimes looking inward, it's necessary, but it's hard. It's not easy. I know um, a, a couple people or a, a few people that I know don't want to talk about their, their, uh, their childhood because it was so painful that they don't want to relive it they were like i moved on from it but really in reality when you go through something in your childhood it follows you and you think about it or if somebody speaks about it it still affects you so that means that you still it is necessary you might not want to do it at the time but it's necessary for you to do that so you can release yourself it's all about freedom it's all about freedom of um from the things that are holding you back that you don't you don't visibly see Looking inward is scary for some people because it forces them to face, face, talk, and admit something you, you, they did or was done to them. So, you know, looking inward forces you to hold yourself accountable. <laughs> like, hold yourself accountable for the things that you've done to people. I was watching, um, this comedy senior year on Netflix, it, it, Rebel Wilson is like the lead, and it's about how she was a, the, the cheerleader or whatever, and in um in high school, and an accident happened, and she uh went into a coma for twenty years. The accident happened. I don't want to give them. I'm gonna give the movie away because y'all probably ain't gonna watch. But <laughs> um, the accident happened because one of the girls was jealous of her, and she was doing like a trick or a flip. Um, for the routine and they step back and they made her fall on the ground and any cheerleader that knows that that like falling from very high to you know being tossed up in the sky and then you know not being catch you damage a lot of things okay and she fell on a hardwood floor I'm surprised she wasn't she had no broken bones but anyway but in the movie the person when she came back she was in a coma for 20 years when she came back the girl that, you know, set up the whole thing for her to get hurt. When she saw her, she was like in shock. Like She was like in shock. Like, oh, my God. You know, I thought she was dead. You know, I thought you would have died by now. You know, you've been in the coma for 20 years. But I was hoping you was dead, basically. That's what the look on her face was. And, you know, sometimes we are faced when we look inward we are faced with things that we did that were horribly wrong so at the end of the movie basically she didn't admit that she like caused the issue she didn't take accountability for that but she did apologize for the things that she did because it was something inside of her that was intimidated by the young lady and the reason why she did it sometimes it's scary because we might think that we are really great people we think we're amazing we're thinking like oh I'm such a great person. I'm nice to everybody. Yeah. And, and in reality, it's some people you've been not so nice to. It's some people feelings you to hurt. It's some situations you've, things you've said that, um, has affected people. Um, like for me, I know I have inwardly 
I know I have a, you know, I have a mean girl spirit sometimes. It depends on what situation I'm in, but I've had a mean girl spirit throughout, you know, in moments in my life. Right. And, you know, I'm one of those people that's like, no, I'm so kind. I am very kind. I'm very, I'm very nice. I'm very sweet, but I can take accountability for the fact that I have had some mean girl moments in my life. Like I have. And, you know, when you're looking inward, you can say, okay, that is a part of me. That is a part of me. I don't like it. I don't like the labeling for it, but it is a part of me. And it makes you, when you look inward, it makes you face yourself and it makes you admit to things sometimes that you do or has been done to you. And, you know, admitting um, I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to listen to Kendrick's album. Um, and it's in one of his songs, he talks about admitting to himself that his, um, his uncle molested him. And it was, I mean, the song was so deep. He like went through, you know, all of this denial. He was denying this for years and years and years and years. And he's admitting that, you know, it actually happened. And it's like, okay. You know, sometimes when we look inward, we have to admit that something has been done to us. We have to admit that because it sets us free. You know, you know, sometimes people don't admit things because things have been done to them because they don't want to get people in trouble or they still love that person. But really, in reality, you know, it releases you from things when you admit that something has been done to you, especially something as traumatic as um being molested. So. When I was growing up, I would hear people say, you can't force people to change. People have to want to change on their own. And I think this is a statement we all have had as memes out there. They've been, you know, parents saying a different, uh, don't be trying to change nobody. If he don't want to do it, he ain't going to do it. That's the same thing. Um, this statement holds so much power because forcing someone to change the way you want them to change And the way they might not want to change is, you know, not the best way for that person. You know, sometimes when we say, oh, you know, you need to change this or you need to do this. But like, why didn't you put, you know, when you go into people's houses, some people do this. Why you ain't put this table over there? Because that would have made sense to put it over there. But obviously that didn't, this is this person's living situation. Obviously the feng shui and how they move within the space, that table being against the wall is not going to be helpful for them. That's not how they operate. That's not how they, that's not how their movement works within our space. So, you know, sometimes we try to get people to change, to do something that is not going to be best for their life. And I had to realize that because there's a lot of people in my life that I, I think they need to change a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm one of those people. I'm a fixer. So naturally as a fixer, when I see something that is a little off, it's a little, you know, out the way or, you know, it's some things that need to be tweaked. I'll come and be like, girl, you need to tweak that or, you know. And I'm doing it from a place of love, but really, honestly, if I'm telling you, you know, I can suggest something and you can suggest something. Let me clarify that. If you're suggesting a change and not forcing it, sometimes I force it. I'd be like, you just need to go ahead and do this because it's going to change your life. That's, that's exactly my words. But really in reality, instead of just saying, Hey, you know, um, have you ever thought about doing it from this perspective? you know, forming it in um, a question form 
is like putting it in their court to make the change instead of saying, girl, you just need to do this. You need to go ahead and change that. That's so rude because that might not be something that that person is ready for. They might not be, you know, um, wanting to do that. They might have considered that. And um, you come in and, and, you know, they were wrestling in their mind about it. And then you come in and be like, girl, you need to change that back. Making their decisions, the, the decision that they made, um, making them feel insecure about it. So, you know, sometimes we can't, we cannot force change on people. And even when we do try to I always look at it from this perspective, even if you try to force change on people, look at it from the perspective of that person's lifestyle. Is it going to be beneficial for them or is it beneficial for you to see it in, in them? Right? Like that's so unfair. I mean, I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to someone else, but you know, when you're forcing change on people, it, it might not be the best change for that person at the time. So, you know, I'm all down for the definitions, honey. And I like to gather the information in the de- definitions. <laughs> so change is defined as to make different, alter or modify. So I'm going to let that sink in. Change is to make different, alter or modify. So change can be something that you can totally change around. Like, oh, I changed, girl, I changed my hair. It's a different color. It's a different cut. Or I altered my hair. Girl, it was long on one side. It was long on one side and short on the other side. I altered it. Got the same color. It's the same type of cut. It's a little change, but I altered it. Modifying that. Girl, you know what? I switched this frame with the pink and I with the same picture on the inside and I made it black. I modified it a little bit. So, you know, change happens in spurts. It can be a big change, like something that's totally different or it can be altered or modified. But, you know, change happens. In, and it's so, oh, that's a word. Let me tell you, because just because a person isn't changing as quickly as you want them to change doesn't mean that they're not modifying things in their lives. Changes can be small. Change can be big. Change can be medium. So I think that this definition even just showed us that change can be at a low level, minimum level, minimum, um, minimum, medium level, level, struggling with that word, medium level. And it can be as severe as it wants to be. So when we think about people changing, we have to think about the different stages, the three different stages that it comes in. People, me included, (laughs) have expressed how much we hate change. Okay. And um, this is such a horrible and ungrateful statement. If you think about it in context, because um, to speak into the universe, if you think about it, like, I hate change, like, how how ungrateful and horrible is that to say to the universe, to say to God, God, I hate change, but God, I want you to change this. You know, how how con- how much do you contradict yourself in that statement? You know, um, when things are always changing every second of the day, things are always changing around us, the weather, um, whether we like it or not, you know, but through this, we really but do we really hate change, though? 
Like, do we really hate change or do we dislike when things change in our life and make us uncomfortable? Because, I mean, that's the real, that's the realness of it. If we get down to the nitty gritty, we don't, it's not that we hate change. We hate being uncomfortable. We hate being, you know, in an uncomfortable situation. Like, um, like people like me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that live in a life of comfort. Like I like to be comfortable. I like to, to like know where I'm going. Like when me and my husband first started dating, he is a, he is like, let's just figure it out. We just going to go outside and we're going to figure it out. Me. I need a plan. Where we going? What street we going? How long we going to be walking? How long we going to be sitting there? What we going to be doing? Is it going to be raining outside? If it's raining outside, I got to change my outfit. You know, I, I'm not one of those. I've never been one of those people that go with the flow on things a lot. Um, I just like structure and when I'm out with people and then we say, Oh, we want, like, I remember years ago I was out in New York and, um, I had went out for a friend's birthday. We went to Hibachi Grill and it was nice. We was out there, blah, 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 blah. We were going to go to this, uh, hookah, hookah, um, I think it was like a hookah club or something like that. And it was a nice club. It was like Indian. It was an Indian. They were doing belly dance or something. So I was like, it was like an Indian. It was nice. It had like these private rooms. Everything was velvet. It was really nice. But before we got there, everybody was trying to figure out where everybody wanted to go. So we, it's cold outside because it's March. So I had on my little cute little outfit. I Ubered to. I Ubered to the um, Hibachi Grill. So we in a park in Central Park across the street from the restaurant. And we're standing out there. And everybody's like, oh, so where y'all want to go? I was like, why are we considering this? We already told, we already said that we were going to the hookah restaurant. So they was like, Alexis, it's, it's, it's free. We're going to have a good time. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, that's fine. But we going to this hookah, um, hookah restaurant or a club. Or I'm not, I'm taking my ass home. So I, you know, we standing out there, we taking pictures. It was fine. So everybody was like, oh, we waiting on such and such, such and such all the way uptown. We downtown. So I'm like, nah, I ain't going to be able to do it. So we need to figure it out. We need to either get on this train and go to the hookah bar. I'm about to call my Uber to take me home. And my friend was like, Alexis, you just never go with the flow. I said, because I know when I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to be out here in the cold. I'm, I don't have the outfit for the cold. I have the outfit for getting in the car, getting out the car. I didn't have no intention of standing in the park waiting for people. That was not the intention. Okay. So for me, I was extremely uncomfortable. We, it was night outside. You know, the rats come out at night in New York and I, I just didn't want to be outside and we a black, a group of black kids outside in Central Park downtown, you know, on the West side. I was like, nah, this is not the vibe for me. So I was just like, no, I felt very uncomfortable. And you know, when we, when, when we get our, dis- our comfort disrupted, I look at it, we look at it as a negative thing instead of allowing for ourselves to give it a chance, right? So when something makes us uncomfortable, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm frustrated. I'm this. You just start labeling it, all of these negative things. I'm out of here. Like basically what I said, that wasn't my, that wasn't a plan. I'm not going with the plan. And you know, you start getting an attitude when you're uncomfortable because change is happening so fast and you're so uncomfortable and it's, everything is negative instead of allowing, instead of breathing and saying, okay, 
There's plans have changed. You know, we don't know specifically what we want to do, but we still, you know, I was still having, it was still a good time, but I wasn't even focused on the good time. I was like, let's move. Let's go on about our business. Like we had this plan. So, you know, changing of plans just makes us uncomfortable. It's not that we hate it. It's just, we dislike being uncomfortable. So for an example, when I was in New York, living in New York, um, we I was living with these two women or whatever, and we were roommates. And living with other people for the first time can trigger most of most people, <laughs> um, living in comfort. So, like for me, I'm very. I'm very organized when it comes to how I live. Like it's a particular place that I put my shoes. It's a particular place that I hang up my, my, um, my garments, my, my, um, my clothing. It's a particular place. And I said garments because I hang my clothes up. <laughs> um, it's a particular place that I put everything on my dresser. Everything is laid out in a specific way. Like everything has a place and it has an order and it has structure. So when you live with other people, that can be kind of triggering because everybody lives differently. I know this. It wasn't the first time that I've ever, ever lived with someone. I've lived in a dorm room with a person for the first semester. And then, you know, I've lived on a college campus. So you sharing bathrooms. I didn't have to share my dorm room for my my the rest of my four years of college but you know i've lived with other people in um close quarters so i had this roommate that we that i lived with and i said it was three women so we all have our own different things so she didn't believe in cleaning and this was unsettling to me because i had never met a black woman who didn't believe in keeping a clean house all of the black women that I knew, all of the black women I was associated with, they believed in making sure that their house was clean. Like, you know, how you see um, how uh, I know some of the memes when you see people take pictures and stuff and people are be yelling at the people, the girls be looking nice and they room be dirty. I didn't know people like that. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I just didn't understand it. So. This was unsettling for me, as I said before, because I just never knew anybody that didn't keep a clean house. So she would wash her hair and leave it all over the shower. Like that is my, you talking about the pet peeve of the season, leaving your hair in the shower, like all over the shower. It really, it really drives me crazy. Like, and then she would like, well, she works from home. So she would like eat food and leave the stuff on the table. <laughs> for days like for days so this was our first month living together so me and the other young lady that I was living with we were living with was like okay she's doing this you know maybe she don't know let's have a conversation so we decided to have a house meeting to talk about it and we expressed to her that we needed her to clean up after herself and that being that we were new to living together in a space we she accepted her responsibility like she accepted it man quick like oh i didn't even know i was doing that you know how some people when you call them out on stuff they they instantly be like oh my god i didn't i didn't even mean to do that because y'all knew y'all knew to the space y'all knew they don't want to be they don't want it to be any conflict um so she took a responsibility and agreed to change so she agreed to change the change lasted for two weeks. When I tell you, like, for two weeks, it's like, 
literally two weeks because she ended up going back to the same thing. So we created a clean house schedule to help her. I was like, okay, let's come up with a schedule to help. Like everybody take responsibility for what they, you know, the common areas, your bedroom is your bedroom, whatever you do in your bedroom, that's your thing. But like the kitchen, the bathroom, the the living room, you know, places that are common areas, we're going to create a schedule which we were trying to help her and force her to clean, right? To, you know, take a, a, take responsibility for the part that she plays in the house. At this time, her lack of change caused me to dislike her. Like, even with the schedule, I was just like, oh my God, like, she didn't want to clean. Or, oh, I always have something to do. I, like, she always avoided it. So, for me, this made me upset. Because... <laughs> We, you know, although, you know, we were trying to help her, we were making, su- I, I felt like I was making suggestions or, you know, in this particular situation, trying to hold her accountable for the part that she plays in the house. But in reality, she didn't want to change. She said it, but she didn't want to do it. So, you know, I also feel like sometimes in situations when we're with people that know that they don't want to change, do you then get upset or do you eliminate yourself from the equation you know at that particular time when she didn't do you know we had this lease we were in the lease for some time so what do you do when you're in a situation with somebody that doesn't want to change for me some people get petty (laughs) my other roommate got petty she was petty she was on a petty committee and she did things that would kind of force her and, you know, put stuff in her room and stuff like that. When she would leave stuff around, she would just throw the stuff in her room when she would, you know, leave stuff in, in the living room or in a dining room area that wasn't supposed to be in there. I particularly didn't take the petty route. I just didn't, you know, I didn't associate with her. Like I didn't, um, invite her to things or I didn't include her in anything that I was doing because I just felt like it was disrespectful for me when you're in a space with someone and you know that they're requesting of you to change and you don't want to change I feel like if you intentionally don't do it or try to like modify modify yourself to be with the crowd I'm not saying that you know she had to like we cleaned I cleaned every day I don't expect for you to clean every day, but she could have modified herself or altered herself in a way where, you know what? This is my garbage on the table. I'm going to throw my garbage away. I'm taking a shower, modifying things that she normally does. I'm going to, you know, I'm not the best cleaner or whatever, but I'm going to make sure that I clean up my hair. She didn't do anything. She didn't do no modifications. She just went about her life. So for me, that was disrespectful. So because you didn't want to intentionally change, you didn't want to modify, you didn't want to alter, you're disrespecting me at this point. So for me, I just was like, you're not included because you don't even respect me in the house. I'm not going to take you outside the house to disrespect me. Like... I mean, to me, I feel like, you know, if you're if you're a person and you're seeing change happen around you and you're not ready, then eliminate yourself from the equation. That's how I feel about it. If you're not ready, it's not saying that it's not saying like you can't come back to the team. The team ain't going to welcome you. But right now you're not in a headspace where, you know, change is happening. You don't want to change. So to get out the way and allow for other people to have more space to change, just remove yourself. So being a person that believes that all women 
should keep a clean house she she changed my view completely on when she changed my view and you know although she didn't want to modify she also helped me see that there are different type of women in the world there are different type of women like in college i knew that girls were i knew that women were were filthy young girls were filthy but i didn't know grown women like that i didn't know like grown women when i mean grown she was seasoned she was a little older than i was so i didn't know grown women like that i didn't, i had never experienced that so she taught me to um have more patience in um with people that i live with because you know sometimes you have to modify yourself and alter yourself for a person you know when you're in new situations and being flexible with the change being flexible and intentional with change like i said about in the, early, the episode earlier is that being intentional about family time change is all about intention you know if you intentionally say i'm going to modify how i speak like when i drive to work I'm, I have very r- bad road rage. Like everything about driving in Philadelphia pisses me off. Like people can't drive here. People can't drive. They don't know how to turn without the blinker with the blink on. They don't know how to merge into lanes. They don't know how to be considerate of other drivers. They'll just hit your car going on about their life. Philadelphia drivers are aggressive for no reason. And they not even in New York and New York drivers are aggressive, but they not as aggressive uh, as aggressive as people in Philly because Philly has so much space. Like they got so much space to drive and they be all up on top of you. I just got on a tangent, but anyway, Philadelphia drivers are the worst, my personal opinion. And I, um, when I'm going to work, I always have like road rage. I'm always like cussing and fussing y'all i'm gonna be honest because i feel like people here just don't have courtesy when it comes to driving and it makes me mad so i made it intentional that when i leave the house i need to just chill out i'm making it intentional to change my language to not cuss and fuss if you know and just relax people want to drive crazy around me i'm just gonna stop move over to the side and let them go like i'm not about to be like what are you doing why are you over here or why are you doing that why would you i'm not doing that i'm not about to do all that i made an intentional change i made an intention that i'm gonna modify how i think about driving here in philadelphia i'm like they can't drive but i know i can't so how can i drive better I, if people drive me crazy, I'm just going to move over to the side and let them go. They in a rush. I want them to get to where they need to be safely and fastly the, the way that they driving. You know, so, you know, when you think about change, when you think about, you know, alter, making a difference, because change is all about to make something different, to alter, to modify. When you're modifying, altering and changing yourself and making something completely different, it has to be intentional. And in this particular situation, she didn't make an intentional, you know, with how she wanted to change within the house. So I, I learned that, you know, different people's change levels are different. Some people are not ready some people you can like they say you cannot force change on someone and sometimes forcing change is even suggesting the change not everybody is there yet not some people just don't even want to and that's when you decide okay i don't want that person there because they don't want to do better whatever your decision of better you know your, your definition of better is but change does make better sometimes change makes improvement not everybody wants to improve 
Um, looking inside is necessary because I believe um, it helps you understand the change that will take place in your life, right? So back to that, necessary. Change is necessary because it helps life evolve. It helps you really, when life is evolving and you're going through, we, we always use the word transitions. I've been using that word a lot. Like I'm going through a transition. Well, really in reality, I'm changing. Life, life is changing around me and I have to look inside myself and say, okay, what do I need to throw away? What do I need to heal from? What do I need to um, face in order for me to be able to go through life changes? You know, as a person who once said that I hated change, I'm learning that my dislike for change is was was preventing me from receiving more in life, right? I have really cut myself from a lot of moments or um allowed for myself to be blocked off from a lot of great moments or great blessings in life because I'm like, I don't like this change and I don't want to be here as the ghetto. I don't like this because I'm uncomfortable. And, you know, you don't want to do that. How can we ask God for more out of life and hate change? It's a contradiction, like I said before. And you don't want to, you want to evolve and you want to change and you want to discover who you are and you want to receive the best out of life. And hating change is not going to get you there. You can dislike it and say, oh, man, I dislike it. Accept what you're feeling. I dislike feeling like people wasting my time. And once you accept, okay, I dislike this. Okay, they already waste the time. Let's move on from it. Now we're changing. I'm going to change how I look at this situation. Maybe that person, for me, when I say, oh my God, we're late for something. My mom used to say, make this statement all the time. I think it was my mom or my pastor when I was growing up. And they'd be like, oh my God, we're running late. We're running late. And I used to say, I, I now think the thought now as an adult, they used to say to me, um, you never know what God was preventing you from on the road, which is so true. Because when you think about all of the things that happen ahead of you before you even get to the point of your destination, it's so many things that took place ahead of you that, you know, you, God prevents you from, right? So when you're going through changes in your actual season, it's something ahead of you that, you know, the reason why you have to change so many times or go through so many you know, you're evolving so quickly. Are you being stretched? Are you being transitioned? You know, it's something happening ahead of you that God is trying to make plain, make a clear path for you to get through, you know, and I'm, I'm just speaking from a spiritual perspective. But when you think about change, think about it from that perspective. It's a lesson that's being learned through this change is something that I'm experiencing through this change is going to help me for the future, for the things I'm not going to see, for the things I'm not going to, I haven't experienced yet. You know, as I discover my I am, I'm learning to get comfortable with change happening around me and through me. Because one thing that I find myself disliking these days about <laughs> my transitions is that, um, I have to be willing to live in the moment. And now I don't, I'm in a place where I'm not really, I don't have anything planned. The stuff that I had planned has changed. The change has planned. The, the plans have changed. Um, things have been modified. Things have been altered. And I, you know, I, at first I wasn't liking it. Before I had therapy, I was, oh, I was like strongly disliking it. 
I was like, ooh, change. I don't like this change. I don't like being here. I don't like I don't like standing in this change line. I'm also in the waiting line too. So for those of you that's in the waiting line with me, um, hey y'all. <laughs> um, we're in a change and waiting line, okay? Um, I you know, I strongly dislike it, but now I'm like, okay, Alexis, it's happening. Whether I like it, sometimes change happens whether you like it or not, you know. Sometimes it, you know, the universe forces you to change and modify and alter yourself or, you know, it places you in situations or where you have to do a complete change, not something that you love and adore, not something that you appreciate, but it forces you to do it. So I just wanted to give that to you guys. That was something that was on my heart. And I I feel like when we understand and unpack what change merely means, we begin to understand that change is good and it might not be easy, but we, we, um, accept it in a better way. Instead of saying that we hate change, we dislike discomfort because change brings discomfort and it it brings, um, hardship sometime and it brings all, all of the negatives. But if we change it and put it into a positive and look at it from a positive perspective, you know, change will be easy for us to be able to accept. So I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode, episode 16. Guys, don't forget to um, listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and RageWorksNetwork.com, which is where all of our episodes are located. So if you are a first-time listener to the Slaying For Me podcast, go ahead and check it out on RageWorksNetwork.com or any of those platforms. All of the episodes go back. Also, don't forget to follow me, Alexis A. McCoy, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I've been ticking and talking, guys. At Alana Fuss, A-L-O-N-A-F-U-S-S, all one word, guys. And don't forget that slain for you is the best lifestyle to live. Have a good day. Bye.